0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Auburn's doing everything it can to flip some Georgia targets. Let's talk about it.
0: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes.
1: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn your Daily Auburn Tigers Podcast. I'm your host Zach Blagherbe. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a Crouden Thursday and LinkedIn Jobs. They are the. Recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network with LinkedIn Jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to achieve your 2023 goals. John Garcia, recruiting expert, joining us. And look, John, this, uh, this staff, Auburn, Hugh Freeze, the, the whole staff. They're going after some Georgia guys. And let's start with Landon Thomas. Most places have him as the number one tight end in this class. He's a Georgia commit, but it sounds like Auburn's still doing the full court press on him.
0: Yeah. And just as important, Zach, you know, Landon is still making visits. You know, I think that's really where you have to try to gauge this thing to see if, if it, if it's really got legs. And I think for, for Auburn's case, it absolutely does. Florida state just got him on campus there Uh, as well so clearly there's still some at least due diligence being taken uh, by Landon and now with you know this week's news of Todd Monken moving on to the NFL uh, great offensive coordinator especially relative to the tight end position you understand why maybe other programs feel like the door is a little bit more open than even just a week ago relative to that recruitment but like you said arguably the number one tight end in the country. So even independent of all of that, schools are going to press for a big modern age, pass first type tight end uh, like Landon Thomas. Uh, So you could understand why Auburn wants to implement that into its future plans, because really it hasn't been a big focal point in years prior. So now if you're Hugh Freeze and that staff, now you sell, hey, we're going to really start to prioritize the tight end. How about you help us kind of usher that era in um, so you couple that with visits uh, and just an openness that appears to be on board right now with Landon Thomas and you kind of just never know you know you wonder about the visits can they get back to Auburn consistently yeah. it's certainly uh, geographically close right these are Colquitt County guys uh, that's South Georgia just got to go west right across the line and, and you're right. right there in Auburn so you you know that's always going to be a possibility and something to keep an eye on uh, as, as time rolls on here so you got them on campus once. Can you continue to do that process and make them feel that same level of prioritization from from the Auburn perspective? And and you keep swinging there. I think again, it's another marker of of Hugh Freeze, right? You have to have the ambition to go after guys who are once you know, or currently, or once committed to to the reigning champs. I mean, you pulled a, pulled one off last year, right? Yeah. Kay and Lee, longtime Georgia commit. Um, Auburn, you know, signed him after he flipped to Ohio State initially. So, you know, why not continue to try to push in that
1: direction? Yeah, I, I want to ask you a question a little bit more zoomed out in a second about this. But NICAR, uh, a talented receiver, most places have him as a four-star, John, six foot, 170. But he's committed to Georgia, and they're kind of putting, the you know, the full-court press on him as well.
0: Yeah, and these two are starting to be, you know, floated into that package deal conversation, right? Both pass catchers, longtime friends, obviously play at the same high school down there uh, at Colquitt County. So you start to wonder uh, how much, you know, looking around, they're going to do, right? Very early commitments to UGA, and I think you view that so differently. Not only with the Todd Monken departure, obviously there's going to be a new quarterback there in athens they've really uh, retooled their own roster so you start to look at guys who jumped on board before the 23 class was settled before the portal dust was settled and you you just never know how that could potentially impact that next group of of recruit and pass catchers been a very important topic uh, around the the georgia community it's like the only weakness that people really look into Mm -hmm. with uga so i think nye can satisfy that to some degree with georgia but again just like with his his buddy Landon, folks, see, seem like that door is open. And he's looking at maybe even more visits than Landon Thomas. Uh and he, he's gone on the record about Auburn a little bit more th- th- than I've seen Landon, uh, which, which typically tells you that maybe that door's a little bit more open. So you start to get into package deal conversations. You know, is there a leader between the two? You know, um, you know, interpersonally, and, and it gets really fun uh to look at it from that perspective. But but again, like Landon viewed as the number one tight end, nigh an electric route runner uh, in the slot. He can work outside. You can hand him the ball. Uh, he's a difference maker. Uh, the true explosive speed, which any offense is going to try to implement uh, down the road. So you understand, again, why Auburn is trying to get in here. And, and I think with, with receivers in particular, I think with Marcus Davis at Auburn, it's going to be interesting, right, because he didn't profile as one of these massive, you know, wide receiver one type guys, younger guy, energetic guy, somebody that they can YouTube and actually find stuff, um, you know, relative to Auburn for. So I think those those recruiting pitches do hit a, a little bit differently. So I do think that, you know, we're, we're going to find out a lot about Davis over the next few months uh, as a recruiter. But certainly kids appear to be resonating with him. And I think NICAR is one of them.
1: Yeah. Marcus Davis is like lone win so far. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, they went out and got the the Cincinnati receiver, Nick Martiner, but that's, that's kind of been it. And I don't know how many opportunities he's really yeah. been given so far, that's because right. I think wide receiver wasn't really what they were going after to finish the 2023 class. John, what do you think about the strategy of going after guys that you want that are committed to a powerhouse committed to your rival? Um, when, Pretty, it's been pretty well documented. Like Hugh Freeze has spent every waking second working and pounding the trail. Um, When like, okay, maybe you could use this time to get other guys that maybe still are gettable or still not committed somewhere. To, what do you think of his strategy? I mean, you've covered this nationally. You've seen a million different approaches. What do you think about this one? I love it. I mean, that's
0: that's yeah. if I'm a fan. That's what I want. I want my coach going after the best, regardless of where they're from, regardless of who they may be verbally committed to. You know, if a kid shuts the door and says, Hey, look, I'm I'm done. I'm going to school X, yeah. I you know, thanks for recruiting me. Fine. You you do have to have an awareness and turn the page at the appropriate time. But by all indication, the NyCars, the Landon Thomass of the world aren't giving you. That indication. So as long as they view the door as open, it's something that you've, you've got to vet uh, because this is a total overhaul. You know, this mm-hmm. is not a, a quick fix. This isn't a plug and play kind of situation like we, we've seen over the last few years. This right. is a total philosophical overhaul. Uh, so the roster, the talent, uh, even the the depth of talent will all look and feel different in the years to come. So it means you've, you've got to be widespread, but you've got to be bold. You've got to go start at the very top uh, when you start to look at these these classes and it's so early in the class of 24. I, I think if there's any coaching staff that's already kind of moved down a tier or something like that, I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because sure. there's so much that can happen. there's so many opportunities to get recruits on campus, especially when you're Auburn you know when, when you're geographically like in the the literal middle of of the SEC and ACC footprint, you can get, you know, a lot of folks can get to you pretty quickly. And obviously, even if you have to fly, that's that's something that could be to your advantage. So I expect am, ambitious attempts really throughout his entire tenure there at Auburn. And I'm not surprised to see it right out of the gates. I mean, they finished yeah. 23 better than most of us would have expected. And, and 24 is off to a really nice start again, probably a little bit above expectation. So uh, they're seeing something we don't uh, hear early on. So this is kind of par for the course uh, in that regard.
1: Yeah, and I love the point that you you said, like, hey, they're still talking to Auburn. I mean, Landon Thomas in an interview with, I think it was Keith Niebuhr with um with AuburnLive.com, talking about how, uh, like, they text every single day. He's texting, uh, he's getting texts from, like, Walker White, the quarterback commit, um, every few days. Like, he's still entertaining all of this, which I think that's, I think that's a sign. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a that's a great point.
0: Right. It's and it's and if you can look at it from the other side too. Okay. If you're a Georgia fan, hey, well, why is why is Auburn doing this? Well, if, if the recruitment is being reciprocated, you know, that it kind of is what it is. Um, and and as a prospect, it it kind of behooves you to at least yeah. keep some avenues open because so much in this sport changes at the drop of a hat. Uh so it really does work both ways. But yeah, if there's clear reciprocation like there is mm-hmm. at this point for this Colquitt County duo,
1: you, you gotta keep pressing. Absolutely. All right. Could Auburn be in the running for one of the best interior offensive linemen in 2024? Looks like he's interested. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. And look, guys, it's the best place to wager on all of your sports action. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because they are still doing the no sweat first bet. We talked about this with the Super Bowl. Um, they've got it now with NBA games, no sweat, first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back. If that first bet that you place with FanDuel doesn't hit. So you have nothing to lose. Go ahead and download FanDuel today. They've got props, odds, lines on on everything. So don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. It's a Cruden Thursday with John Garcia today. All right, let's talk about Casey Pope, the 6'5", 290-pound beast, absolute stud of a kid. Um, he's a four star, uh, across the board, the number two interior offensive lineman in most places, John, but every time this guy talks to a, a recruiting writer and he's asked about Auburn, he just gushes about how much he loves Hugh freeze, how much he loves offensive line coach Thornton, how much he loves everything that they're doing on the planes. How much are you buying into this right now? Because not a whole lot of people are really giving Auburn any kind of love or any kind of chances with Poe's recruitment.
0: Yeah, look, Poe's recruitment is is really on the ascent right, right at this moment, right? Uh, his junior tape got out. It was really good. Just check that out again this morning. Uh, oh, he, he's got a whole lot of versatility to his game. I, I know he's an interior projection plays tackle uh, on every down on Friday nights and a balanced offense. There's a lot of great run and pass blocking samples. And there's just not a lot of guys that have that on their resume, you know, before their senior season. So you could see why that tape circulating and him making visits on top of it, as these schools verify his size can lead to a a really big uptick uh, from a recruiting perspective. So yeah, he's visiting a lot of schools and picking up a bunch of offers. So it's hard to peg, Hey, who's really in the running for this thing. But I think when you start talking about, a hot recruit planning visits and Auburn coming up. I think that's where you start to see the interest. And we know with the Walker White recruitment to bring it back to him, right? Those things can change very quickly once you get on campus. And I think you're going to see a lot of that relative to Jake Thornton, because he's a guy who has had to recruit you know, beyond the traditional footprint uh, at previous stops. And he's already doing that at Auburn, uh, yeah. pretty much hitting the ground running. Uh, and clearly he's he's built a relationship with Poe. And now he's reciprocating with this visit. So you let the chips fall where they may after that point. Uh, but when you're an offensive lineman, you want to see an exciting offense, you know, that is that is theoretically, you know, set in stone here at Auburn, at least from a vision perspective. Right. Uh, and you want to see that element of of balance, right? And and we think this offense is gonna look pretty balanced here going forward. And and Thornton comes from that type of system at Ole Miss as well. So he's got something to sell. I wanna say that relationship was was kicked off before Thornton made the move to Auburn. So you've already got some history there with your your potential future offensive line coach, and, and usually those things, you know uptick a little bit when you actually get the FaceTime and you get on campus. Uh, so once that visit goes down in March, I think we'll get a better idea. Um, but but there's not a lot of schools on his list. There's there's four or five that he's planning to mm. visit, and it's kind of quiet after that. So, again, these things can change in very short order. So to be on the upcoming visit list alone is a big deal for Poe because, like you said, he's he's a really strong recruit with a high floor, and his stock is only rising here as, as we get into kind of the, the bulk of, of spring ball and, and everyone really focusing on this class.
1: Yeah. I watched his tape earlier today too, John, just getting ready for this conversation and I couldn't stop comparing him in my head to Braden Smith, the, the Ooh. former Auburn standout. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of similarities. I think Braden was a perfect fit off the field. I don't know Casey Poe off the field. I just, it's hard to, you know, pick that up um, without talking to the kid. But um, as far as on the field, I, I saw a lot of comparisons there.
0: Yeah, Braden Smith, the guy who played a ton of tackle in high school, right. Moved inside, and there was a lot of conversation around that. I remember in, in that recruitment, yeah. but my goodness, you talk about working working out for all involved. Uh, it, it really did with, with Braden Smith. So you could see that, you know, a guy who's yeah. again, Braden was known for leverage and what what he did at the point of contact. Same two things you see when you first start popping in uh, that, that Poe video. So I mm-hmm. like that on the surface level, because that's really what he's known for. He's, he's known for moving bodies. And it sounds funny because that's what old linemen are supposed to do, but not all of them are known. And most of them, we, we talk about projecting two, three, four years down the line, Poe is, is on the front end of that with the higher floor, much like we used to talk about with Braden Smith. So yeah. I mean, interesting
1: he, he's taller, a little bit leaner too. I think body type wise, they're, they're a little bit similar. Um, John, let's move on to running back 2025 kid Alvin Henderson. Some folks when the rankings drop are projecting that he will be the top running back in 2025 Uh, kid out of Elba, Alabama. Not going to lie to you. I don't know where Elba is. You might, I don't know, but um, what are you seeing about this guy? It seems like uh, both in-state schools are heavy for him right now.
0: Yeah, this, this is going to be a classic battle. I mean, you think of the best running backs, to come through the state of Alabama, and you just you you know it's an Iron Bowl battle, but this one will stretch. This will stretch yeah. to the Clemson's to Florida, Florida State. This this is George is going to get involved here uh, because this is a, a darn near grown man running the football in in twenty twenty five. It's it's really crazy to see what he put on tape uh, as a sophomore, like over twenty five hundred yards, big downhill, physical, and that Elba offense. It is old school. It is. Very much a throwback, and everyone in the building knows uh, Henderson's getting the rock, and it still doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Kind of reminds me of On Johnson at Madison Academy, where it was like, you know, he's getting the ball, but you know, hey, we'll we'll stack the box and all that. We'll we'll still take yeah. our guys versus yours. Uh, so yeah, Henderson's gonna have uh, his his pick of schools, and he's already got, like you said, you know, it's 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 Bama, Georgia, Clemson. Uh Auburn is, I think, in state wise, because of Cadillac. Again, we talk about running backs. Seems like Cadillac he loves Cadillac pretty yeah. quickly. You know, that continuity is something that he he really gravitates towards. Uh so you're gonna have a fighting chance with with any running back recruit with Cadillac Williams on the staff. Uh, another big reason why why he was retained. And I think you'll see that going forward. Strength of, of the 23 cycle, and, and you're gonna see that in 24 and certainly in, in 25 if, if Cadillac is still around, because by that point. Henderson will have 3 years of of true. true one-to-one time with with Cadillac Williams. He was on that big junior day visit at the end of January and um I think he told somebody it was the best visit he's ever taken. It's it's early, but mm-hmm. you know, you're you're starting off theoretically there in pole position at least from the the look and feel department and you'll take that one. It's a blue chip no-doubter, you know, type running back like like Henderson is.
1: John, I've got his 247 page pulled up. In last year in twenty twenty two, one hundred and ninety five carries, for over twenty six hundred yards, and forty seven rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah, and it's what? not just speed either. He's not just outrunning everyone. He's downhill, runs behind his pads. He's running yeah. through folks and and making you, you wonder. That'd be a uh, soft. You know, is a he sophomore. really in twenty twenty five?
1: Reality, he was just a sophomore, right? In twenty two, isn't that yeah. right? Correct. Stupid. Man, that's just crazy. Yeah. 47 rushing touchdowns? Like, that's wild. All right. How good is Walker White when you stack him up against all the other quarterbacks in this class? We'll get John's response to that in just a moment, right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Want to encourage you to join the Locked Out Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. John, I, I teach you up. Walker White. How good is he compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in this class?
0: You know, it's it's early, obviously. Um, we haven't, you know, developed our own internal boards here, but among the quarterbacks I've already studied, he's right in the thick of it. Among the best. I, I think top 10's probably conservative in in trying to view uh Walker White, especially relative to the overall skill set and the overall presentation. I think there are some less experienced or less physically developed quarterbacks that might have just as much upside, but now you're waiting, right? You're projecting, and you're waiting to see how that rolls into the rest of this offseason and and maybe Mm -hmm. the 23 season itself. But in terms of where they are right now, you could make a very easy top five argument for Walker White. He's among the biggest, 6'3", 230 or so, uh, and he made such a big jump from his sophomore to junior year as a complete quarterback uh, spun it well from the jump. Now we're getting that dual threat we're, we're getting that full modern package where, you know, you can look at the numbers and say, Hey, 16 rushing touchdowns. That's amazing. But to me that's decision-making within those numbers, right? Cause it's RPO it's spread based running. It's not all designed for him to just tuck it and, and, and roll. So I think the decision-making has taken an, a next step just as much as that athletic profile has theoretically taken the next step. So, Whether you look at it from what he can do now or a projection trajectory type perspective, Walker writes right in the thick of it. This class is not as deep at the top as we saw with the 2023 cycle, with the Arch Manning cycle. This one is a little bit more top heavy. It's, It's five, six, seven guys at the top. And we think there's a bit of a drop off. And I think Walker today, Zach, is on the front end of that cutoff, at least for me. And especially if you zoom out and look at how his recruitment went. I mean, this was a guy that, Obviously, was was very high up on Auburn's board. Um, Alabama, Georgia, uh, TCU, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I mean, all mm-hmm. these schools had him one, two, three on their board. So when there's kind of that much unanimous appeal for for from spread offense types systems, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt as well. So I think Walker White is is strongly in the top ten, but conservatively today a top five guy based on what we know. Do you expect him to be an elite eleven guy this year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He he fits that profile. You know that those circuits have evolved to mm-hmm. really allow the quarterbacks who can do it in the pocket and on the move. They're the ones that shine brightest in in these events, and and that's exactly uh, in in the middle of Walker White's wheelhouse. So if he elects to compete, yeah, I think he's got a, a chance to get out to L.A. or wherever they have the final and, and really yeah. uh, represent Auburn to to another level because he's already done a good job doing so as, as a recruiter. Yeah,
1: John Garcia, thank you so much for your time as always. How can people check out everything you've got going on?
0: Yeah, come hang out on, on social media. We're talking ball at every level at John Garcia underscore Jr.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's the best in the biz. Be sure to check out all of my stuff at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.